real estate investing, we get attached to the deal versus actually looking at does this deal, does the situation, does this relationship feed my confusion, strengthen my clarity? Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure, free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name, episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Now I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely one that being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff with us today. Heather Havenwood. How you doing, Heather? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, nice to have you on the show and looking forward to getting to know you and diving in a little bit about Heather. She is the CEO of Havenwood Worldwide. She's an entrepreneur who's regarded as a top authority on digital marketing, sales, coaching, and online publishing. She's named top 50 must-follow women entrepreneurs for 2017 by Huffington Post. And she is also a real estate investor based in Austin, Texas. With that being said, Heather, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your focus? Absolutely. So I've been in the information marketing industry and real estate industry since 2001. So I've been through a couple cycles, they call it, the real estate industry. But mainly from 2001 to 2007, I traveled the country teaching, buying and selling real estate, doing more foreclosures, short sales, and then actually produced over 450 seminars, events in the real estate industry. Worked for Robert Allen, Ron Grant, all the big names back then. And really learning two pieces, learning real estate investing and then learning what I call the publishing of real estate information, the educational conversation. So I've been doing that for a long time. And then I got caught up in the boom and bust in 2006 and seven. Lost all my houses, foreclosure, the whole nine yards. The movie, The Short. You ever seen the movie, The Short? Like, that was my yeah. life. I lived yeah. that world because I was in Central Florida. And then here I am in Austin, Texas. I now run four online companies and also invest for myself. I have a podcast as well and just on and on it goes. Really full-time online information publishing author with the real estate investing. 
You said something interesting before we started recording. It was that every real estate investor should have an education piece they are building. And I'd like for you to talk about that because I mentioned when you said that, that this has potential to be a polarizing topic because there's a lot of anti-guru people and you should invest and learn from your mistakes and not pay people or pay for content and then other people are like you should. So first, the statement of every real estate investor should have an education piece they are building that you said earlier. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. Yeah, so it sounds like you like to go truth. So I'm going to be a little honest here. Just like politics, there's the good part of politics and there's like a dirty side of politics. Just the same here in the what I call the education side of real estate. There's a lot of good that happens and there's a dirty side. And I've seen both, and I've been around both. And there's a, definitely a negative conversation out there about the guru side and some people that only know how to teach and they don't know how to do. And there's a lot there. And some of it's true, some of it's not. But here's what I say to anybody who's done more than, let's say, 10 or 15 houses themselves. Let's say they've done something in the real estate market, whatever that is, okay? I think that they all should teach what they have learned and through their mistakes. It's actually through the helping other people. It's also through the teaching that piece, also sharing their story that one, they're going to get more business. Two, they're going to help other people. And three, there's a cash flow there. So that is why a lot of the real estate investors get into the education conversation is because they want to buy more property. And it's a great cash maker to create cash to buy more property. Why are you getting mad at them about that, right? Because think about it, I'm doing real estate, I want to buy more real estate, I educate people what I'm doing, I make money from that, and I buy more real estate. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's awkward. I think that's actually very smart in a capitalist world, which is I'm a capitalist. So if you look at it that way, then you can see how there's a logic to that. What happens is I see when I go to RIA meetings or I meet what I call old school real estate investors, they have this kind of uh, arrogancy about, well, I just sit in the background and no one knows who I am and like I just do my thing, you know. Like I, I can see that. That's I guess that's respectable. But why wouldn't you not help other people? Why would you not do a small workshop locally or why not you get on a podcast and share your story? But how you got started and all the mistakes that you made, why not help other people through that process? Because mm -hmm. I feel like real estate investing specifically, not realtor, okay, real estate investing specifically is kind of this secret little society sometimes, even though people are out there constantly teaching it, it's still this like secret little society that people think it's hard to get into or they don't know how or it's confusing. It's not something you get taught in the university. Does that make sense? So this is why, Joe, I think every real estate investor that has some success and some failure should be out there helping the people and teaching and sharing their story. I agree. You made some really good points. When we do share our story, we help other people. We get more business. And if we monetize that, like this podcast, for example, where I have monetized it by bringing on advertising sponsors, then there's potential to make money. And along the way, I would imagine that the best ever listeners who are listening to this episode, they are getting a lot of value from this platform, which to them is free to consume the content. And so I agree there's different approaches out there, but I agree with your thoughts and I'm glad that you shared it. So point by point, that was really interesting. So what type of platform do you have? 
for myself, I do a lot of podcasting, actually. I was going to share that. So I kind of take on the view, let's just say this. A couple of years ago, I started a podcast, and it's what I call In the Graveyard of iTunes. Feel free to go check it out. It's called Sexy Boss. It's what I call The Graveyard of iTunes because I did four interviews, and I put them all up online the same day. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, right? And then I was like, where is the audience? I didn't know what I was doing. So I took on the role that I said, you know what? I'm going to first add value. I'm going to go on other people's shows, and I'm going to add value and share my story. Number one, I had to learn to share my story. People don't want to hear your resume. They want to hear your story. It's very different. Number one. Number two, I had to learn what am I going to add value to them? How can I add value to your show? Because at the end of the day, Joe, this is your show. It's not my show. It's your audience. I'm here as a guest. So I had to really look at how am I going to add value. And so I focused on that for a year and a half. And up at this point, well, right now we're talking, I've been on over 210 shows as a guest. And what did I learn from that? I learned a couple things. I learned what it takes to be a really great host. I also learned how to really launch a really great podcast. So back in June, I launched my first show, and it's exploded, and I'm now on three networks, and it's been amazing in less than a six-month time frame because I learned first how to give value. Then I went and launched it. It's the same conversation with real estate investors. I think even if you only have 10 houses or two houses or one apartment building, whatever it is, being out there on podcasts, because it's, quote, unquote, a free medium at this moment, being out there and sharing your story helps other people. Because people don't want to hear your, when I was 10, I did this, and when I was 20, I did that. No one cares. They want to know how you got where you're at today and where's the success story and where's the failure. So I talk about my book, Sexy Boss, because that book is about my biggest failures in life. So that movie, The Short, that came out, I literally lived that movie. No kidding. I remember watching the movie going, oh, I remember that. I remember that. Oh, I remember being in Florida and all the houses in the entire four or five blocks was completely for sale. I lived that life. So how am I going to take that failure and make it a success? And I remember, Joe, at a very important time when that happened. It was 2007. This is about six months after I learned this is happening. My house is going down. My bankruptcy is going down. And I really had to look at that. And a dear friend of mine who was a multi-million dollar investor, very successful guy, we were just having a chat and he was kind of coaching me. And he said to me, in a not so loving way, because he's not that kind of guy, <laughs> he said, grab a pen and grab a piece of paper and I want you to write everything I say. I told me to write this as he says it. I, Heather, gave myself for permission to fail. And I couldn't even write it. I was like, no, I just literally in tears. And he looked at me, he goes, you're never going to succeed in life again until you give yourself full permission to fail. And the challenge with what I call the real estate gurus out there is they show success after success after success after success. And I know real estate investors that the real ones are failure, 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 success, failure, 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 success, success, failure. That's a reality. And I think that that's the challenge people have with the quote unquote, the guruism. And that's why I think they should all be out there teaching themselves so they know what it's like to share their failures, to share their successes with people. It makes a difference. It does make a difference. And it's almost an obligation that we all have. It's less about an opt-in, but it's more about an obligation if we're going to be part of the real estate community. And it is a community. At least the best ever listeners have a community within the show. And it is almost an obligation where we need to share not only our success stories to inspire, but also the failures that we have. And I actually have a presentation I make at different conferences when I speak, and 
it is top 10 mistakes I've made in multifamily syndication. And it could be more. They only give me like 45 minutes to talk. So I condense into these top 10 things. And it's important because there's a lot of ways to learn from the mistakes and the failures, more so sometimes than the success. And I'm glad that you mentioned that. And I completely agree with your approach and your mentality. I do want to ask with your investments now that you do, knowing that you were in Florida and the sky crashed on you and you went through bankruptcy. What do you do now differently that you weren't doing? Before? Way more conservative. Specifically how? How, I do, how? I don't play the game of, oh, well, it's been going up 25% every year after year and it's going to continue. I like bread and butter. I like boring homes. And what I mean by that is just a place where the home is 60000 70000 8000 really basic. And it's a working class area. People live there and they get settled there and they don't move. I also have a philosophy, and this is a friend of mine who is a major real estate investor in Arizona. He still is today. He said, you're not a tree you can move. So just because you live in California or just because you live in New York doesn't mean you have to invest there. Go invest that makes sense for you. I'm also a long-term play. I do wholesaling and I do holding. I look at it more long-term. When I was in the real estate industry back then, it was a lot of get rich quick buy these spec houses, hold them for two years, sell them for 50% higher or buy million dollar properties. A lot of flash. And the people that did survive without throwing away all their houses. I knew friends of mine who literally had 12 houses foreclosure. They just walked into the bank like, here's your 12 keys, see you later. It just happened. And the ones that survived all that were the ones that went slow and methodical and didn't try to be flashy. And if you look at our current president today, who's a real estate investor, he did the same thing, believe it or not. Don't get me wrong. He went big, but he went methodically and he thought it through and it was always a long-term play. With your properties, what type of financing, you're buying holds, what type of financing do you do? And where if are you I buy and hold, I'm doing a deed. I buy on the deed. I just take over payments. You just take over payments. Okay. So no money down, take over payments. And that's probably because of the bankruptcy thing. It's tough to get a loan. No, I don't want to put any money down. Can you tell us the numbers on the last deal you did like that? The house is worth 60. They owed 30, 35. I just took over payments and then I just got a renter in there. It's not anything complicated than that. It's bread and butter. It's kind of boring. <laughs> house is worth 60. They owe, say, 35,000 and you are taking over the mortgage payments and then they exit. Correct. Why would they do that? Because they are in financial constraint. They can't afford it anymore. That was what I was taught by Ron Legrand back in 2001, 2002. You have to take over the payments. How do you find them? And then walk us through that conversation with the person who has forty, twenty-five thousand dollars worth of equity in their house, but they just let you take over their payments. I do bandit signs. They called on it, talked to them over the phone, asked a couple questions, see what their situation was, what they needed. They needed a little cash to move out, so I gave them a little cash to move out. They just didn't want to wait for putting the house in the market and just waiting. Not every property is going to end like that, right? It's a specific kind of property, a specific kind of person that's ready to say, I need to walk away. So they knew that also needed a little work. So I had to put money into the, and do a little work, not a lot, and rehab it. That's pretty much the numbers. How much cash did you give them to move out? $1,000. And how much did it cost to get that work done? Seven fifty, maybe $1,000, paint, little carpet, just kind of spruce it up, clean it up, nothing major. 
your phone rings. It's this individual who saw your bandit sign. Walk us through that conversation. Tell One of the things about real estate investors is they forget there's a human being who has the other side of the fence. Why do they go with me versus others? Why do they call me versus others? Why do they say yes? Because I cared. I cared about them. I didn't just go, okay, what's your numbers? What's your numbers? I didn't know your numbers and you're just a person. You're just, just some, your numbers. I'm like, what's going on in your world? What's happening? Why are you not waiting to get the equity? What do you really need? They share their life, what's going on in their world, and health issues and all this kind of drama and just gave them an offer. And I thought, can this help if I give you cash now and take over the payments and move in at 30, 60 days? What works for you? How can I help you? How can I help you in your life so that you can get on your own two feet and move forward? It's not always about just taking over a property for greed. And I think people can feel that. I just really cared about them. And they were afraid that they started making the payments. They were going to go into foreclosure. They didn't want that on their credit. So now they don't have that on their credit. They'd be able to walk away. Yeah, you look at it. Oh, they're walking away from $20,000 equity. Oh, my God, it's crazy. Not really when you're in sometimes a situation where you're like, I need to be able to be free of this. And I need to be able to take a little cash and start over. And if you look at it from that, from a humanistic humanity perspective, sometimes it's just really helping somebody out versus just taking over a property. Do you go visit the property before you talk numbers with them? Sometimes I do. I'd like to. I'd prefer, but it doesn't always work out because you got to close the deals. And I also know people are out there marketing to them all the time. Now, if they're not in foreclosure, they're not getting the marketing. But if they called me, they've called other people. So I have to really keep that in mind. It's like any kind of sales situation. You don't want to let them off the hook, right? You really want to build that relationship as fast as possible and really connect with them on a heart-to-heart level. I know it sounds like not what they teach in real estate school, but that's what really people want to do business with. They want to actually act like someone cares. What paperwork is involved when you do that transfer? I don't really share my paperwork, but it's a two, three page. I don't really share a lot about that piece. Just a two, three page deal that we go through into deed, deed transfer. Mm Mm-hmm. Just simple stuff. Yeah, it's simple stuff. I know it's not very sexy, but I really think after being at over 450 events, that's a lot of hours of listening to a ton of real estate investors. Some are no longer around. Some are dead broke. I learned that real estate investing can be extremely sexy, but the winners are just consistent and keep it really simple. You have a skill for marketing and branding. As I mentioned earlier, you were named top 50 must-follow women entrepreneurs 2017 by Huffington Post. For someone who wants that type of designation, how do you recommend they go about obtaining it? That's a weird question. I don't know how to answer that. I didn't wake up one day and say, I want to be known from Huffington Post. One day someone told me I was. So I don't even know how to answer that. I think honestly... This industry is not about ego. If you go into it for, I want to be known for, I want to be known, I want to be the best, I want everyone to see me and look at me, that's very ego-driven, and you're not going to go anywhere. Believe me, I've seen a lot of people come and go in this industry. The ones that were egocentric didn't last that long. The ones that were value-centric and add value to the marketplace and add value to people and help people and teach people, they're still around. They're the ones still with the number one bestseller that are actually still filling up rooms and being on great stages. They're the ones actually helping people. But I definitely don't go out there and go, one day you're going to see me. I just went out and started helping people and focused on supporting people and helping people and adding value as much as I possibly can. 
And I was acknowledged, I guess, for that. Heather, based on your experience as a real estate investor, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? It's a question that was actually given to me that someone asked me to ask myself. And that question is, does it speed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? I think with real estate investing, we get attached to the deal versus actually looking at, does this deal, does the situation, does this relationship feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? And sometimes we get so attached to the deal, we've got to make it work, that try to force it versus really looking at, does it really add clarity or add confusion to the situation? One thing I learned, you can't be attached to a deal. We get attached to the deal like we get attached to people. It's not a person. It's actually just a deal. It works. Does it work? Might work. Might not work. And you focus on winning in life and winning, but you don't put so much attachment to who you are, your identity to the deal. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's going to give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you. Adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation Podcast at com. Best ever book you've read? Best ever book I read, uh, Think You're Original by Napoleon Hill and The 48 Laws of Power. Oh, I love The 48 Laws of Power. Best ever deal you've done? <laughs> my own short sale to my own property back in 2006. <laughs> Why is that the best ever deal? Because I called three of the banks and I finally just said, I'm going to short sell my own deal. Give me the number that I know I need. And he gave it to me and we, I pretty much did the whole deal. So it was kind of interesting. It's not normally you actually do your short sale of your own property that you own. <laughs> and so it was just an interesting deal. <laughs> What's the best ever way you like to give back? Helping other people and sharing my stories and sharing my failures. I think that's something that's overlooked in today's society. We're taught at a young age when you're in second grade, you don't fail, don't go to third grade. And I think a lot of young people today, that they're all focused on winning, 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 winning only. And it's only when you give yourself full permission to fail that you give yourself full permission to succeed. And when you share your failures, that's when you can share your successes. Thinking back on some deals you've done and something that you haven't mentioned already, what's a tactical mistake you've made on a deal? I tried to play the market. Oh, look, the market's going up 25% every single year. I'll play that game and buy the property. In one year, I'll just sell for 25%. It's probably the worst game you can ever play in real estate. <laughs> so is hoping that the market's going to go up. It's very much a gamble in my work, but it's not the best play. And I did that and it didn't work. At closing for all future properties, do they cash flow for you? No, not all of them. No, not always because things change. Property taxes sometimes change. Things change. But I try to make them all cash flow. That's why I look at a lot more of a long-term strategy. What's the best place best ever listeners can get in touch with you? HeatherHavenwood.com. Well, Heather, enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for being on the show talking about how in earlier years, things didn't happen as you planned with the crash, nor did it happen as most people planned for the crash. 
and how your mentor said for you to write down the phrase, I, Heather Havenwood, give myself permission to fail, and then how you've used that as the way that allows you to give yourself permission to succeed, as you mentioned earlier. And then if you have done something, you should teach what you have learned and teach the mistakes that you learned along the way. And it's an, almost an obligation that we all have. And we also benefit from it because we could make money from that. But more importantly, we're helping people and we're helping our business because we're getting the word out about what we're doing within a very relevant group of people. And think that's really the key, which leads to the business and leads to more cash flow. And then your approach for taking over payments in the case study that we talked about and being value-centric, not egocentric. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day, Heather, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at the REI Foundation dot com.